Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, editorial director of QSR Magazine. And so this week, we're going to switch it up a little bit. I know we've been talking a lot about technology the last few episodes, and probably rightfully so, but at the end of the day, this is the uh, restaurant industry. So we're going to talk a little bit about food today, which I think is an exciting change of pace, although probably something I'm out of my personal element when it comes to describing things that I eat, taste, and drink. But thankfully, I'm not going to attempt to do that. So this week, we have Vanessa Willis, Director of Culinary Innovation at Velvet Taco. So first of all, Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, I think it's a, an interesting brand that a lot of people are pretty familiar with, but I'll give you a chance to just describe the, the concept a little bit, and then also we'll get into your background, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Thank you um, for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so Velvet Taco, um, we're a scratch-based kitchen. Um, and we feature 12 tacos uh, that are globally inspired on our menu um, any given day. Um, 19 of them are on our core menu. And then we have what we um, coined as the WTF, or weekly taco feature, that is a rotating special um, that runs Wednesday to Tuesday um, every single week. So it's 52 different tacos per year. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I remember there being a camel version once upon a time. Yeah, so back, um, <laughs> you know, that was, that's kind of predating my time here at Velvet Taco. But yes, we do anything we really want to and put it into a taco. So it can be anything from camel to crickets. And, you know, the innovation is like the limit. Like we can do whatever, um, anything that's inspiring us. So that WTF definitely allows us to be creative. Um, and really test um, with like, you know, our consumers and get data. And um, even if it's not like the most delicious taco, it's still something we want notoriety for. So what, um, what did the uh, cricket taco look like? Or how did that go over? I feel like I feel like crickets, I mean, I used to own a lizard. So I'm a little familiar with having them in my house. And I know that that's always been kind of like a a long time um, protein. You get cricket powders. They're really super expensive on Amazon. But I mean, what do yeah. you guys think about that? I, I guess it's kind of a fun concept. But do people want to eat that? I, I don't even personally know. You know, um, I would say that it was from like a sales perspective. I wouldn't say that was a winner or like a banger for the weekly taco <laughs> feature. Um, but it was definitely something that was for the gram. So you know, like the notoriety and like the buzz around it was more than worth like a little dip in sales for that weekly taco feature for sure. Um, and it was right. a, they were a fried uh, cricket that went on it. So it was just a few, but you know, like crickets are a great source of protein and with everyone being, you know, plant-based proteins or alternative pl- uh, proteins opposed to just animal based. Uh, I think crickets are definitely a way to go if you're into that. Yeah, I mean, I remember I I bought like thirty of them on Amazon for the lizard, yeah. and within like a month, I had like six hundred of them in this uh, cage. It was kind of horrible. But sure, well, you were, you're were thinking of live like crickets, but we were bringing in already like dried, like freeze dried. Yeah, we would like fry. That so. makes sense. And see, that would be <laughs> if you had live crickets in the back and you're trying to fry them. I'm not sure. Yeah, how I'm not sure if the health department would be too into that one. So we'll avoid yeah, or one. or whoever your cooks were that day too. Sure. But, uh, for, so before we um before we get into this more, because I do think this is a really interesting program and and one that I think a lot of brands are probably trying to emulate. 
Um, just tell us a little bit about how, you know, your background as a chef and, you know, I think Velvet Taco and Fast Casual in general, you'll see this, you'll see people with culinary backgrounds who come into the counter service world and, you know, it's really always, always what made the category special. So, you know, how did you yeah. get to Velvet Taco? Um, so I've actually been following the brand since 2015. Um, I worked for a previous concept that was under the El Ketertain umbrella. Um, so I got to see and like learn from um, other like brands within the Ketertain group. Uh, I actually knew the previous chef, um, who is Grant. Um, we've done some like collaborative things in the past where um, we got together and did, like went to Walnut Camp, um, which is amazing for California Walnut Group. Uh, yeah, I almost went to that actually. Our um... Our FSR editor, Nicole, was at that. I was at the Walnut event the uh, previous year, which was just in Sacramento, I believe. But yeah, yeah, I missed the Airstream trailer Walnut uh, Forest event. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I've been following the brand, like I said, since 2015. And uh, when I got the opportunity to come on board, you know, thank goodness for LinkedIn and having a big, you know, network of people. Um, I reached out to Clay, who's our CEO, and, you know, came in, did some audition tacos, presented my thoughts around the brand, and here I am today. Do you remember what some of those audition tacos were? Yeah, so I was given two challenges. Um, I got to make four tacos total. Um, Two of them got to be anything that I wanted them to be, and then two would be um, being innovative within the pantry items that are currently in inventory. So the two that I did, bringing on any ingredients, um, we did a baby back rib taco with a cherry jalapeno salsa, and um, it was a Dr. Pepper infused barbecue sauce. Uh, so it was like an homage on like bringing two of my worlds together because I was in Chicago prior to moving to Texas to join Velvet Taco, and we used to get together every Sunday and do taco nights, and rib tacos was like one of our things so I took that idea and added the Texas spin of uh, Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce so that's kind of where that met Um, and it had a fennel apple slaw uh, on the corn tortilla and then the other one was a um, the feta mousse with black lentils stuffed in a squash blossom um, cilantro oil hot honey and as a walnut or not no, yeah, walnut and almond um, and watermelon salsa on top. So it was good. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I think I'd probably eat both of those before I had a cricket taco. But yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's a good, um, just the fact that you had to do that, though, I think really does a good job of explaining, you know, who Velvet Taco is for people yeah. who may not be familiar. Um, you know, kind of came from that front burner family and then. You know, it really was all about the individualized type of localized movement within the chain restaurant world. You know, can you do both? You know, and that's always been kind of the umbrella of brands like Velvet Taco. You know, and you yeah. start and it starts on that culinary side, like you said, you know, that fact that there are probably a lot of people walk in there and have no idea there are multiple, you know, Velvet Tacos out there. Right. And that's what keeps us unique is, you know, each one still feels like a neighborhood taco stand. You know, like, that's like your local taco shop. Um, and we like that individuality within the restaurants. So that's, you know, having scratch made um, ingredients where each one is slightly different. We love that. 
plus with the unique um, like design of our restaurants and like converting old tire shops or you know even a let's see in Tulsa we just converted as a Long John Silver's into a Velvet Taco. It's like how do we do that? But it looks amazing. So yeah, I used to, yeah, I used to love the old school Long John Silver designs. Yeah. You know, we're talking like 20 years ago when they were right. looked like you were hopping on a ship. <laughs> yeah. Nostalgic. Um, okay, so in the time in the time you've been there, what is um, what would be maybe your favorite WTF feature so far? Ooh. That's like trying to like choose your favorite child, you know? It's really <laughs> difficult. Um, I would have to say... I think the you know, like the baby back rib taco was a, a really big one for me because it's what got me here. Um, and we just rolled that out over 4th of July week to kind of kick off barbecue season and like bringing people together. And I think it tapped into a food memory for me. Um, and sharing those food memories with our guests is really important. So I would have to say the baby back rib taco. How are you How are you making baby back ribs in the, in the back of the house there? I mean, do you have like a some kind of combi oven or are you smoking them i don't I'm not so sure we, what, what's going on at velvet taco yeah i mean we have pretty much every piece of kitchen equipment you can imagine from fryers to alto sham like slow cookers so like for our slow roasted uh, brisket it's cooked 18 hours that's done in alto sham um for the baby back ribs we cook them um like wrapped in foil with the spice rub on top for about two hours in an oven and then we put them on our char grill just to get that um, smokiness that we are trying to achieve. Um, and then we just shredded all the meat off of the ribs themselves and coated it in the barbecue sauce, and we were ready to go. You know, it's it's always interesting with concepts of this nature. You know, you talk about the the complex builds and the cooking styles and the dedication to culinary. How you get to achieve that consistency. I mean, what are, what are some ways that you're doing that? Because it's kind of a unique challenge for, yeah. you know, when you become a director of culinary innovation versus just being the chef, you know, working, you know, 90 hours a week. <laughs> but now Absolutely. you've got to kind of set it up in a way that people can do, you know, what's in your mind and bring it to life. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's a, it's a team of us. They get together and kind of vet out the recipes. And, you know, we have an amazing training team that, takes my ideas and is able to interpret them um, to break them down to where our team members are able to understand them. Um, it's also important for me not to overcomplicate recipes. So fewer ingredients and how we can achieve the same goal at the end of the day by using less um, stuff that's not in our current pantry. Um, and, you know, just like just trying to oversimplify things, you know, it doesn't have to be super crazy. Um, you can use basic ingredients and, you know, tweak them and modify something that was a base and turn it into something beautiful. So that's typically my goal. Um, and I'll let the, you know, I work a lot of the R and D recipes through our Greenville location here in DFW. And, um, I let the team get involved in it and let them taste it and give me their feedback and see if they can make it. So, you know, and and, you know, and I think for consumers, you know, I'm sure they really appreciate the variety of the WTF, you know, given the fact that there's been kind of a movement in the other direction of late, you know, because of mm -hmm. costs and things to be a little more streamlined to shorten menus to set them up in a way where you're actually, you know, reducing the complexity. 
but to have the ability to come and see something new each week, you know, obviously from Velvet Taco's perspective is really good from a frequency play because you can have someone continue to show up and be, you know, not order the same thing every time. But mm-hmm. just from the perspective of what's out there and, and where the value is and kind of in the marketplace of choice, you know, do you think it's been very helpful for people at this stage just to see yeah. that you're going kind of the other direction, that you're going innovation forward versus sort of, uh, you know, pairing back? Yeah, I think, you know, it really speaks for our brand. You know, we've doubled in size during the pandemic as far as locations go. We haven't stopped um, our WTFs. Um, and we're actually starting to push the limits even further and kind of, you know, exploring, you know, more wild game proteins. And um, like, I would say like our, we have like a, a really strong following of, our guests that come in like they're super fans of Velvet Taco you know and they come in uh every Wednesday to try out that new WTF and they get their classic taco whether it's their tikka or their burger um and then they will get the WTF to come to like accompany their classic and like you see a huge spike in those um guests coming in every single Wednesday and they expect that so um giving them anything less or less creative would be an absolute disappointment to them so we're going to continue to to bring it yeah you know i have no idea what camel would taste like right? i feel like uh, i mean it's i guess like, I'm it's a, a red gamey meat you know um whether yeah. you can do it in different formats so it's gonna be along the same lines of flavors um like venison or elk so more of a gamey you know lean dark red meats yeah, what do you, I mean, do you think there are some game meats that are kind of uh, trending upward these days? I guess it's just a chef and culinary. I mean, what do you, what do you think's out there now that people are looking for? Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing more ostrich coming out. Um, you know, like, so, so is I that think, different than emu? Because that I've seen on menus. Yeah, is that the it's, same I thing? I mean, slightly. They're you know still both very large you know ground birds. They're not taking off flight anywhere anytime soon. Um, right. But very similar. One's just a little bit smaller. Um, you know, there's, you know, grocery brands out there, you know, like Wild Fork that are bringing wild games to like every, like a residential setting. So people are becoming more familiar with it. Um, I think wild boar is becoming a big one as well. Um, and so we're, you know, we're willing to explore all of those and then, you know, also bring in some classics. So like this week we have our chimichurri steak, which is, um, a great seller for us, um, yeah whatever whatever we're feeling is what we do yeah i'm one of those people that always orders game meat when i see it just because i'm like oh i mean i mean there's always a certain element of like you could tell someone you ate it um i think we're getting we're getting a little past that you know and and there was even not so long ago where like lamb was almost like a game meat and of course now it's super mainstream but Talk talk a little bit about this taco chef contest that you all do. Yeah. So I think I think one thing interesting you do kind of a winning recipe and it ends up on here, you know, in this PB and J burger taco, which um, I guess it sounds like a it's like an Elvis um, situation going on there. I don't I don't know how to <laughs> I yeah, don't know what that of. would taste like either, but uh, I'm sure it was good. Yeah. So taco chef um, is something that we talk about all year round. Um, and then towards the end of the year, we start getting all of our submissions together. So every team member that works <clears throat> in the restaurants, all of our um, heart of house employees, all of our chefs, all of our line cooks, 
um, they're all able to um, submit their own taco recipe. And, you know, like they're, they're exploring in the restaurants on a daily basis, just like all of like my team is. Um, and so I appreciate that creativity and, you know, coming up with new ideas. So this is their outlet of how to um, get their taco on the menu. Uh, they'll win at their restaurant level. So if you have 30 team members, like 30, you can have 30 tacos to review. Um, then the manager selects the winning taco from that restaurant. It goes to our regional contest. Um, within that region, um, we select a winner from there. And then currently we have five regions in the U.S. Uh, and they get to come to a, our annual leadership conference where all the um, our RSO and all of our leaders within the restaurants gather for our annual celebration and awards dinner. Uh, they get to make these tacos and present them to everybody. Uh, we have like a special panel that comes together. Uh, we vote and that team member um, gets, you know, a, a nice fancy check. We do like the big check, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted one of those. Right? And they're like, do I take this to the bank? Or <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a good question. Do you do that? I don't think. No, uh, you who... don't. It's just for fun. Right. Um... That makes sense. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it goes to show you I've never won anything. But yeah, no, that's right. right. I think I've heard that before. It's just like, a, here, you won this, and then they actually pay you. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so this past year, um, Jonathan Barbera from our Greenville location won. Um, with his PB&J burger. So it's taking our Kobe um, burger patty. It's cooked the exact same way, uh, but he made a blackberry jam that we did here in-house with peanut butter, um, a caramelized onion, and then had some powdered sugar and microgreens. It was absolutely delicious. It's a messy one, but it was a good one. So do you think, uh, I mean, do you think programs like that and just the culinary nature of the brand in general helps you guys um, just hire and retain people? You know, if you're someone who wants to be a line cook and, you know, you maybe even want to work in your mind in like a full service sort of high polished end restaurant and then you get to Velvet Taco and you can still, you know, be really creative and be rewarded for it. I mean, I know how hard it is now, especially to find back of the house employees. And do you think this levels the playing field a little bit for you? Yeah, um, I definitely do. You know, like not all the decisions come from the culinary department when it comes to menu. And we absolutely lean on our our crew um, and get to like know them and understand like when they're making tacos, like we're inspired by them and letting them have that outlet and being creative, um, I think really helps with like retention, Um, you know, and it also platform puts them in the next level. So um, from Taco Chef last year, we had um, two team members that are now currently in an MIT program becoming managers. So, you know, it, it gives them visibility uh, amongst the leaders of the brand. And, you know, they want to be part of something bigger. And so it gives them that platform to do so. So someone had suggested that I come up with my own WTF topic. Yeah. <laughs> so what I guess I I guess my question is, um, does does anybody ever do anything kind of more on the sweet side versus savory? You know, like we do. do des- like dessert taco type of stuff? Yeah. Um, um, be- I did one for a taco tasting um, not too long ago that was a an almond cookie, like twill as the tortilla, um, and pastry cream and more of like a fruit tart spin. 
So it was okay. good. Yeah, I mean, that was obviously a lot more uh, sophisticated than what was in my brain, which I was just thinking kind of like in October, if you did yeah. something with, um, like, could you put gummy worms in a taco? I mean, if we want For to stay sure. on the... Uh, <laughs> On the insect uh, line here, I'm just sort of thinking, like, what would a three-year-old be into? Um, I wish I have one of those. Okay. In terms of ordering, like, a taco. Now, I, the part about that, I guess, that would be weird is, like, what would the shell be made of? Because okay. having, like, a tortilla shell and a gummy worm is probably horrible. Um, well, we, ma- we make our own waffle tortillas in-house. So we have the ability to make a sweet or savory tortilla base that we can put anything in okay so is this idea a terrible idea no i think it would be i think it would be a great (laughs) idea so you're thinking like the whole like dirt pie with the worm kind of yeah right yeah the chocolate pudding with the you know cookies and cream crumble yeah i mean i i still remember the uh taco bell um Choco Taco from back in the day yeah you know i don't remember if it was good but i do remember ordering it Sure. Um, I mean, for goodness sakes, I put fruit, like a fruity cereal on a taco for 420. So like, there's no <laughs> limit, you know, people turn were it you, um, like that and it was, it was delicious. Were you a taco like fanatic before becoming a taco chef? If, if that's what you would call yourself here. Or I mean, yeah, I mean, tacos were definitely one of my main food groups in my life. So it's, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It definitely I mean, fit I- me well. What what is the uh, taco culture like in Chicago though? I feel like it, that's um, um it's I know there's a lot of food. Yeah, yeah. It's very are you are you from? Tacos there. I'm not. How I was long? born and raised in Kansas City, and I moved okay. to Chicago um, in 2008. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so Kansas City versus um, Texas barbecue. Where Ooh, do you stand on that's that? A, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to say Kansas City barbecue. Um, you know, like the like burnt ends and like the Kansas City style sauce. I just, I'm into it. Texas stuff is way more smoked and can be overwhelming to me. So I'm going to stick true to, yeah. to my roots. Yeah. Uh, well, so we're, we're based in North Carolina. So we have our okay. own oh. um, conversation yep. here in terms of vinegar and, you know, pig, of course. Um, and I've actually grown to really like it. You know, I, I think I was pro- I'd probably go Carolina, and then I would go Kansas City style, and then I would go Texas style. Just mm-hmm. also probably sounds blasphemous to anyone in Texas, but <laughs> I agree fine. with you a little bit. You know, I like brisket, but yeah, it can get a little overwhelming with sort of the you know way a lot of everything is smoked, and you know whether or not they put it in foil or not, it just gets too complicated. Yeah. But for sure. Yeah, but barbecue is a weird deal. Um, I mean, do you ever think anyone would be able to scale it? I kind of think that uh, for the most part, that's going to be relatively impossible just with the way that people are. Yeah, like, I mean, determining which is going to be the best, you know, as I would say, it was like 2010, if I'm not mistaken, David Ching did a, an, a full article uh, or a full um edition of the lucky peach magazine around barbecue and he started in kansas city so you know if he's willing to say that kansas city is the base of it then so am i (laughs) yeah yeah i I hear you what's um so what's the taco life like in in texas that's probably a a close second to the barbecue life 
Yeah. Maybe it's, um, maybe even maybe even comparable. I don't know. I guess it depends on who you ask. You know, moving to Texas, I never thought that, you know, breakfast tacos were really a thing until you moved to Texas. And it's like, no, breakfast tacos are an entire food group. It is a staple in everyone's life. Um, and, yeah, you know, true. like everyone has their favorite breakfast taco joint. So that's that was something that I learned. Um as far as like other tacos go, like we are kind of like the, we're the rebels in the taco world. Like we don't uh, assimilate. We don't plan to assimilate. Um, we want to be creative and, you know, put all different global flavors within a taco shell. Um, we're going to keep pushing those limits. So we don't want to be like all the other taco places. How long, how far in advance are you working on these WTF ideas? I mean, do they happen some, like are you sitting there on Sunday and you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, or, or do you do like 10 of them at once or you know, how um, does that so, work logistically? I mean, you know, a few years ago, I would have said, you know, like at 10, you know, restaurants, it would be easy to just come up with an idea and roll it on a Wednesday. Right. Um, but as we continue to grow, we have to be a bit more strategic. Um, so we're planning a, a quarter out. Okay. Uh, on average, yeah, and so we meet quarterly. We tacos. do a taco tasting. Oh yeah, and we we create a library. Like we have a taco library that's, you know, over three hundred tacos that we can pull from. Um, so if we you know have a, a supply chain issue, we can always activate something different. Um, we're still very nimble with that, and you know I appreciate the whole support center and the, like everyone up in our support office. They are able to be nimble and, you know, move things around to accommodate the restaurants and their needs. Um, yeah. Like I will always, like I am always coming up with taco ideas uh, on a daily basis. I keep a notebook in my back pocket and I mean, we be walking down the street or walking through a grocery store and I'm like, Ooh, what about that? Like, could that fit onto a taco? Right. <laughs> the answer is probably usually yes too. Right? Yeah. It absolutely is. And, you know, we get, like I said, we get together quarterly. We do a taco tasting um, here at the Greenville location. We have this um, little training room uh, that we're able to sit it down and go through things within the restaurant, but still be, you know, isolated. So the guests aren't like, what's going on? Um, And we present on average 10 tacos per tasting. And, you know, not all the tacos are going to make it onto the menu, but at least we have, you know, something to choose from and categories that we can, you know, take and further develop if need be. So you're also um, running kind of like a, a guest contest right now too, correct? Where it's uh, right. similar, a similar concept where if someone wins, they're going to get on the, uh, the menu there in October. Yeah. Um, so we just launched that this Monday and amazingly we had over 350 submissions within the first hour of that submission going live um so there's a lot of a lot of taco fans out there um and we are excited to have them be part of uh being featured on the as a wtf Uh, they get to spend a day with me um there's a a nice little cash prize to go along with it Uh, so i'm excited to go through all the recipes and see what's out there yeah, so I guess in that case, you're going to kind of have to pick based on concept more than actually being able to test, taste it like with the employees, be a little bit sure. of a leap of, leap of faith. <laughs> yeah. But I think that Yeah, we'll have to put it all together. Element. Yeah, they're going to be, you know, vetting them out and we're going to build some of them and kind of go through it and see what fits 
the brand and, you know, see how passionate some of our, our guests are about their tacos and go from there. So what, um, what has it been like from a supply standpoint lately? You know, I think it's probably a good time to be a taco brand who's nimble, you know, because you Mm -hmm. can adjust on the fly a lot easier than say like a American cuisine, casual dining chain probably could who has the same menu, but I mean, has it been a little bit of a challenge? You know, I've kind of heard various things from people, you know, it kind of depends on what the category is. The one I keep hearing lately is wheat. <laughs> so we'll yeah, see what happens um, there. But. Wheat, wheat can be a challenge. Luckily, you know, with us being a scratch-based kitchen, we're able to bring in, in like the raw ingredients and manipulate them into what we need. Um, we've had a lot of challenges with more import sauces. So from like srirachas like a lot of like the chili industry has been really hit lately um so we struggle getting some of our you know some of the things that we take in and manipulate further um even soy sauce has been a challenge Uh, but we're able to make do and you know now we're using tamari and making sure that you know still offering that gluten-free item to our guests so we're we're trying i heard heard about the sriracha shortage yeah it's crazy terrifying thing it's like the, one it's, of those things in my refrigerator with the rooster on the bottle that has to be there. <laughs> right. It's a staple yeah. in everyone's kitchen, you know? Um, and we were unlucky that we rolled out actually a taco that featured a sriracha aioli the same week that we found out that, you know, there is a huge sriracha shortage. We're like, okay, how do we make this work for us? And, you know, we've pulled through. Like we just, you know, we reached out to our vendor partners and, able to secure enough to get through the shortage and leveraging those relationships is really important for us so right so um i know we've talked a lot about tacos which makes sense considering your name is velvet taco but what are some other things on the menu just to kind of highlight you know the velvet cake is something i've seen pictures of i need to actually go to a velvet taco i haven't been to texas in since before the pandemic, it's one okay. of those places that I would go to a lot for conferences, but those conferences haven't happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in the so Carolinas, you said. So um, we have some, we have three locations in Charlotte. So. Yeah. I, well, Charlotte's like three hours from us, and ah. I haven't been there in four years either. But I. Okay. <laughs> but next time I go, I will check it out for sure. But yeah, what, um, what are some other highlights? Um, yeah. Yeah, cake. So we, um, Red Velvet Cake is, you know, our only dessert. Uh, we make it here in house every single day. Um, so it's a scratch made red velvet cake base and a cream cheese frosting. Um, it's absolutely delicious. It's very indulgent. Uh, and then we drizzle a, um, a cajeta, which is a caramel sauce over the top of it. Um, and it's definitely a large enough piece to share with your, your favorite person. Um, but it's, it's really good. And, you know, like the whole thing behind Red Velvet Cake is we have, I call her our mascot, is we have a, a photo of Marie Antoinette in every single one of our restaurants. And she's eating a piece of Red Velvet Cake. So it's kind of who we are. Let them eat cake, right? So with that famous motto, who's kind of stick with it. Um, and then right. other items that we have, like we have different side items. So red curry, coconut, queso. Uh, we added queso blanco a few years ago. Um, the local egg and tots, which is absolutely delicious. If you're a tater tot fan, definitely get the, the local egg and tots. It's got like 
um, an herb goat cheese and bacon and chili butter um, and an avocado crema like sauce on the top in microgreens. So good. Um, and yeah, that's, street, that sounds very interesting. I always like lo- um, yeah. tater tot related things. It's like the new French fry. Though. Yeah. <laughs> At least the, the vehicle that it can be for things to be placed on top of it. Yeah. Um, and then another staple for us is the elote and chips. So it's, you know, our version of the Mexican street corn. Um, and it's, it's absolutely delicious. So you have to get in and try it. Yeah, I know. I got to get out of, uh, I feel like I've been living in like a five mile radius bubble yeah. for, for a while here. And it's almost hard to break out of it. You know, we're, um, mentioned this on pilot, our past podcast that, we don't, we don't actually have a ton of like counter service brands around us because we have a drive-through ordinance where you can't open one. So oh. a lot of concepts just stay away from coming here. And then you also yeah. have a really um, big college population. So that's always a little bit of a complicated market to open around, but yeah, but yeah, you got to tell them to come from Charlotte to Chapel Hill. Be exciting. I don't think we have we any tacos. I mean, we, yeah, I know. No taco shops? <laughs> Um, not the, not really that I could think of. I mean, we have like, you know, typical kind of Mexican places and then a couple of those big fast casuals, you know, that, that I'm sure you're aware of, Yeah. <laughs> but none of the like local kind of taco shops. So ruin the grill. Um, hopefully, absolutely. Hopefully speaking. Well, Vanessa, I think, um, you know, we've covered a lot of things. I really appreciate the time. Um, before I let you go though, I mean, is there anything you want to just mention to everybody? You know, I think we've done a a pretty thorough job of talking about the brand's uh, yeah. unique differentiators and also why you should eat here, <laughs> which I think was kind of the uh, the best part about this was going through some of the different kinds of food. So, I mean, is there anything you'd like to just touch on or share with people before we, uh, before we sign up? I off? mean, we, we continue to grow, so definitely check us out. Follow us on social media and see like where we're – like what city's next um and you know if you're looking for a fun place to hang out on a patio with friends um enjoy some of our boozy libations like we have great margaritas um and share some tacos with some great people so have you found that people are are drinking more these days <laughs> than like pre-COVID? actually you know I, like we're are, we're in 17 percent sales mix in liquor for a fast like casual or yeah. casual dining experience that's pretty high um but our menu allows for that and our margaritas are delicious so um it goes you know, really I, well i think i think what we're seeing i've seen this from like brunch concepts is that you know they people like to drink at lower check average type restaurants now because versus like going out to a fine dining meal and spending you know thirty dollars on an entree and then another fifteen dollars on wine you can do brunch or tacos and a drink and still come out under like 20 bucks ish. And so you're seeing like a movement of people doing that at this point with everything going on. I mean, that's just sort of like a theoretical thing. I feel like I'm noticing, I don't have any actual data behind that, but the point is, I would would agree. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree completely. Um, You know, our patios are always packed. You know, we just opened the grandscapes here in Texas and, and like our patio holds 70 people. So like, wow. yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun place, you know, it's a party. Um, especially in the evenings we're open late night. Um, some of our restaurants are even open until 4am. 
Um, so if you get that taco uh, craving after, you know, a <laughs> night out with the friends, like we're, we're your spot. I know nothing about 4 a.m. at this point in my life, <laughs> but that's it. I take your word for it. All right. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. Um, you know, we really appreciate the time. If anyone wants to reach you, should they find you on LinkedIn? I guess you mentioned yeah, probably find a good me on place. LinkedIn. I'm there. Um, that's probably the easiest place to get a hold of me. Um, or you can, you know, reach out to Velvet Taco on our website and I can always contact you back. Yeah. Go to Instagram, I guess, if you're trying to figure out what the next WTF is too. So Yes. Yes. Please do follow us on social. Yeah. I stay away from Instagram these days ever <laughs> since. Um, I used to have a dog account. But okay. Then I had children and whatever. Um, I still try to do it once in a while, but it's gotten weird on there. I don't know. It's like not the yeah. same. That's another got, rant for another day. I got one of, or I have two, so I like my professional one and my personal one. And um, my professional one got hacked not too long ago, and so now I'm trying yeah, to recover it. I keep it's hearing just, that happening to people. Yeah, just kind of crazy. What's wrong I was with not happy, <laughs> right? I just I want my content back. That's it. <laughs> I know one someone I know that happened to, and they start you know they posted about it on Facebook, and then they started getting all these um, like hacker type spam people replying like, "I know how to get this uh, account back for you. Click here." Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's like, not, like it goes so many layers, um, which is just sort of terrifying. For sure. Anyway, uh, like I said, um, that's a completely sideways rant uh, that can go on forever. So. Thank you again, Vanessa. We'll let you run. We really appreciate it. We'll, you know, stay in touch with the brand and you know, keep uh, keep you informed. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sure. And for everyone listening out there, as always, you know, thank you, and we'll see you next time.